was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said unto me, prophesy unto these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter into you and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you and will bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and ye shall live and ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded and as I prophesied there was a noise and behold a shaking and the bones came together bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and flesh came up upon them and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and the breath came into them and they lived and stood up upon their feet an exceeding great army. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say our bones are dried and our hope is lost. We are cut off from our parts Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel, and ye shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves and shall put my spirit in you, and ye shall live, and I shall place you in your own land. Then shall you know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. Thank you, you may be seated. Let's seek the Lord's face in just a moment of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, I bow in your presence tonight and I want to thank you for this good hour to be together. Thank you for the wonderful songs of Zion that have ministered our hearts. Thank you for all you've done today. Uh, Lord, in the meetings here, and I praise you, God, for what you're doing. And I pray, God, for your touch and anointing as we come, trying to mind you, Lord. You laid these messages on our heart. Uh, Lord, and we're just trying to follow you. And Lord, I admit to thee that I can do absolutely 
absolutely nothing. I am nothing, God. But I pray you'll take this nothing and make something out of us, God, for your honor and glory. Will you touch us tonight and give us liberty and power and unction? And God, will you minister to your people, Lord, that hear this message? And God, we'll praise you and give you the glory for all you do, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm interested tonight in this passage of Scripture uh, that we all are familiar with. At least most of us are familiar with the story because when we were younger, we heard the little tune or song, Them Bones. You remember that? Them Bones, Them Bones, Them Dry Bones. Uh, have you ever heard that? Most of you have. It has been used for years and years to teach basic anatomy to children. Them bones, them bones, them dry bones. Oh, hear the word of the Lord. The foot bone connected to the leg bone. The leg bone connected to the knee bone. And the knee bone connected to the thigh bone. Oh, hear the word of the Lord. And it continues in. Well, most of us are familiar with that uh, song, but looking beyond uh, that song and coming together of these bones, there is a real message here of the miraculous work of Almighty God in bringing the nation of Israel out of their graves, regathering them, reuniting them, reviving them, and restoring them. This is a wonderful work of God restoration. Now, I know while we can say the truth about the matter has been expounded and explained uh, why this strange vision and what it was all about. Uh, the passage I read is self-explanatory tonight. And while this text is undoubtedly speaking first and foremost concerning the nation of Israel, yet by way of analogy, we may, I believe, without doing injustice to the Scriptures, apply the principles that are taught here uh, to the plight and predicament of many of God's people in church today. I believe there is an analogy here, a lesson here from the principles that are shown here that tells us, oh yes, God can revive again. And I want to talk about this as the title of the message tonight If for those who are taking that down. I want to preach tonight on the possibility of revival in impossible times. The possibility of revival in impossible times. I have been decrying and by friend expounding on how bad things are and how much we need God for the last two nights of my preaching here. I do know that in this hour the enemy is coming in like a flood.
I do my know this, uh, that hey, things look desperate. Things look by almost hopeless as you look around. But oh my soul, I want to tell you what, God is still God. The word of God is still quick and powerful. And the spirit of God is still working in this world. And Isaiah 59, 19, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall raise up a standard against it. I'm glad that the Holy Ghost is still here and he's able, my friend, to do what we cannot. And my soul, our heart's desire is to see God turn this thing around to the glory of God. So let's talk a little bit tonight on the subject of the possibility of revival in impossible times. The Lord, after uh, old Ezekiel saw this valley full of dry bones, the Lord asked him a question. Can these bones live? Well, this brings me to the first point of the message. Simple stuff. But number one, there is here presented a seeming impossibility. A seeming impossibility. Now, we know who these bones represent. In verse 11, these bones are the whole house of Israel. But as you look at, my friend, where they are at the writing of this text, they have been dispersed. They have been destroyed by soul. And listen, here they are. Can these bones live? Can they live? Well, it seems, might seem impossible. And with man, it is impossible. But with God, all things are Possible, and I bless the Lord. But as you think about these bones representing Israel, I, I, I want to make the application first to Israel and then draw the principle there and make an application uh, to the church in this hour. Here, first of all, Israel was in a time of desperation. Would you agree with that? Think about the plight of Israel. They had been defeated. They had been destroyed. They had been dispersed. And they were full of despair. They lost uh, the, their holy city and their temple and their land and they are scattered and taken away in slavery and in captivity and their cry is one of dejection and despair and they said in verse 11, our bones are dry and our hope is lost. It's so hopeless. We are cut off in all our parts. How dejected, my friend, and how full of despair they were. Well, then not only were they uh, des desperation, but uh, I want to say of Israel, for all practical purposes as a nation, they were dead. These, bones, these, were, these were dead bones. I mean, they're just bones. And they were dead nationally. Israel was dead politically. And more than that, they were dead spiritually. We're talking about the shape they were in. 
And not only were they uh, in a time of desperation and dead, but they were disgraced. You see, they were, uh, they were unburied like dung upon the ground. Their bones were scattered everywhere. And so they were, as a nation, uh, my friend, everywhere they went, there was disgrace around them. And my friend, their name became a byword and a mockery. They were disgraced. I'm talking about the shape that Israel was in. Despaired, dead, disgraced. And then I notice in our text that verse 2 says, And lo, these bones were very dry, very dry. That means they've been dead a long time, picked clean by the fowls of the air, bleached by the hot sun, scattered about. My friend, they're dry. So we're looking at we're looking at Israel. What a mess the nation of Israel in. Despair, dead, by soul disgraced and dried. And then something else. They were disconnected. My friend, they were uh, scattered. Uh, they were scattered everywhere. In verse number eleven, he mentions uh, uh, we are cut off. Of, of for all our parts. These bones are not just laying out there in the field. They're, they're not together like skeleton. It looked like, my friend, they've been torn apart by wild beasts and a, a bone carried here, one carried off over yonder. They were disconnected, separated, and scattered by the wild beasts. Now that's the condition that Israel was in. No wonder they said it's hopeless. It's just absolutely hopeless. Well, that was the plight of Israel described. But what about many in the church today? Spiritually, we have in our churches those who are full of despair. We have those that for all practical purposes are dead by friends spiritually. They have a name that they're alive, but they're living a life by a friend that's more dead than alive. Hey, what about the disgrace the church is in today? I'm telling you, my friend, there was a time when the church house was reverenced, but we've lost, my friend, uh, uh, the power of God in our churches to the point that I'm telling you what, that there is no reverence there. Oh, my soul, they were, disgra were disgraced and dry. How many churches are just dusty, dry? I mean, is that not the shape? I'm telling you what, just so dead and dry and cut and dry. I'm telling you what, my friend. Oh, my soul, what a mess. What a mess we get in. Oh, when we get away from God and we have gotten away from God bit by bit, generation by generation, little by little, our love has waxed cold. My friend, we tried to straddle the fence. We tried to hold hands with the world and hold hands with God at the same time and it don't work. And my friend, we've lost our joy. We've lost our victory. We've lost our enthusiasm. We've lost the power of God in many a church 
Now, I'm telling you what, this church, my friend, has been a blessing in God, his use in Acre Baptist churches. But by God's blessing our church, and there are many that know that God's a blessing. He's still a moving. But how many churches out there in the world did you know that 25 years ago had the power of God and in the pulpit of man of God sounding like thunder preaching the word of God in the power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. But now they're cold, they're dried, they're despaired, they're dead, they're disgraced, and they're disconnected, dry, disconnected, my friend, from uh, their uh, the responsibility that God left us with to reach a dying world, disconnected in their harmony and unity. Uh, my friends, split over little old things that don't matter a hill of beans. Hey, hey, that's the shape. That's the shape of many of church uh, in this hour. Would you not agree with that? All right, so the seeming impossibility here. But then number two, I, I want to point your attention to the searching inquisition here. The searching inquisition. Can these bones live? Well, I'm sure that just being a man and Ezekiel, just seeing a bunch of dry bones just scattered everywhere, what would you think? I think he'd probably think, ain't no way. Huh? So why did God ask the question? I believe he did so, number one, to impress upon Ezekiel the impossible. Oh, yeah, he wanted him to see, hey, that's impossible. Well, yeah, yeah, he he wanted him to admit that that hey, that is impossible. Oh yeah, because you see, by he never seen anybody. Ezekiel never seen anybody, my friend, get up from the dead. He never seen anybody raised again from the dead, like Elijah. And uh, oh no, hey hey. He had never seen that, and he especially had never seen my friend dry, scattered uh, bones uh, come together and make a amen and make a mighty army. Hey, and so all of this, God had, can these bones live? Now. Hey, 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 I want to say, I look at some of the churches, uh, my friend, I look at some of our Baptist folk, our independent Baptist folk, and yes, I remember some old-time Southern Baptist folk that had a touch of God on them. Hey, hey, but I'm seeing a lot of dead Baptists uh, of all kinds and sizes and sorts, and my friend, I'm telling you what, it looks impossible. Us have revival. The Southern Baptists here recently, if you heard the news, uh, they were going to vote out that big church out in California because they were ordaining women to preach. Well, I said, well, praise God, somebody believes something about the Bible still. I don't believe in women preachers. 
Amen. I don't care what you think about Joyce. Hey, hey. By the way, God didn't call a hen to cackle at Peter. How you like that? He called a rooster to crow. Amen. And Reverend Rooster took the pulpit and he preached. Amen. Yeah, our old timers used to talk about crowing hens. What they'd do with crowing hens, they'd wring their neck. I don't know if that's a good idea. I'll just leave that right there alone. But, you know, I heard, the, and, I, and I said, well, now they did believe in something one time. I mean, I want, hey, y'all, listen, and, and I can't run with them anymore. I'm, I'm, there are a few that I might can go and preach with and fellowship with. There are still some good Southern Baptist men, just, but they're getting far, farther and farther apart and fewer. I mean, really, but you know what, Brother Randy? It's getting bad in the independence. Some of them are headed the same way. We've lost our power. we lost our glory. We've got a program. we got my friend the schematics. But oh my soul, how dead and how dry. And I look at just the Baptists, just as Baptists. And can we have revival? It is impossible. With man. Oh, yes. Look at how, why is God impressing that? Listen to me. He's impressing that because as long as we think we can, as long as we have got hope in our program and hope in our ability and hope in our gift and calling, as long as we got hope in ourselves, hey, hey. There'll never anything happen. But when we get to the point where we realize how bankrupt we are and that we can't, and only God can, only God can, I said only God can, that's when we'll get to hell. So God asked him the question to impress upon him the impossible, but also to inspire him to believe in the impossible. Now his answer was to God. He said, uh, uh, "He said, Oh Lord, Thou knowest. Amen. Oh Lord, Thou knowest. Oh yeah, the prophet replies that the restoration of the bones of life was to life was more than human reason could conceive, but he acknowledges here that nothing is impossible with God because the Lord God knoweth. And I want to say this, and so it is with revival. I'm, talk, I'm not talking about a little scheduled meeting. I'm talking about Holy Ghost sin killing, soul saving, soul stirring revival. I'm talking about a revival that will change people for the rest of their lives. I'm talking about a revival that won't die, that will continue to walk through the decades. I'm telling you what, but revival is humanly impossible. But God... But God still can. Don't you believe that? 
Amen and amen. Oh, yes. So uh, here the seeming impossibility, the searching inquisition. But then look, if you will, at verse number four, at the strange instructions. Now, the Lord says, and he said unto me, prophesy unto these bones. <laughs> that's, that's kind of strange. Go preach to them bones, them dead bones, them dry bones, them scattered bones. Go preach to that dead outfit. Now notice the sermon, prophesy upon these bones. Here there is, number one, a command to preach. Oh, yes. I just want to include this. When God sends Holy Ghost revival, it always involves Holy Ghost anointed preaching. Amen. Hey, hey, the command to preach. Oh, go preach. Preach to those dead bones. Well, a lot of us pastors feel like we have that task assigned to us every Sunday morning. You come on now, and uh, you know what I'm saying. Oh my soul! But the command here, and it's strange. Go, go, preach to dry bones. I mean, they're they're bleached, they're dry, they're scattered like dung on the ground. Go out there and preach to the bones. Well, that's kind of strange, isn't it? But not only the uh, the sermon here. But I want you to see the command to preach, but the commencement in verse seven. So I prophesied. God said preach. He didn't ask God how he's going to do it. He didn't run a bunch of questions to God. God said go preach to him, and he just went and preached to him. Oh, and let, that tells me something else. Revival always involves obedience. Hey, 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 the move of God at Sinai. That was the main thrust of the whole five-week meeting. Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And I believe obedience, my friend, is essential to see God move and God work. So there was a sermon here. The sermon here. Prophesy, preach. And then not only a sermon here, but there was a sounding here. And, and, and verse seven, and as I prophesied, there was a noise. There's something going on. There's something taking place. Oh, my soul. And not only a sounding, but there was a shaking. There was a shaking here. Oh, my soul. And, and Yes, sir. And uh, although there was a shaking, and my friend, and a coming together. Yet, brother and sister, this shaking, 
Oh, you can just see him out there. You, I, I, don't, I, I can just imagine. I can't uh, what, what he saw, but I can just see the ground uh, shaking like an earthquake. Have you ever been in an earthquake and you've seen things get to shake? And, and you, see a, 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 you see a hand by a friend, hand bones come over there and shake, and, and they get right up there against an arm bone, and an arm bone goes over there, gets connected to the elbow, and the elbow, I mean, it's a shake, and they're a coming together. I'm telling you what, and all of this because... Uh, a man just swiftly went out and did what God said to do. You go preach to him. You go preach to those dead bones. You go preach. Amen. And I'll do the I'll do the rest. All right. So now at this point, although there was a shaking and a coming together, yet there's no life yet. There had been life because. That's evident. They were bones of living human beings that had died. Uh-huh. We talk about revival. Well, revival means to make alive again. And that's what we need. We need to come alive again. And although the preacher preaches in thunders, and all those, there's a shaking seemingly of people getting agitated and awakened by a friend to their needful condition. And they may even start coming together and trying to, by a friend, do some penance and repentance. And oh, yet, and yet, they've not gone far enough because they're still dead. Even the sinews of flesh have come up and covered them and the bodies have formed. And my friend, there they are laying everywhere. These bodies. But there's no life. No life. Why? Because they needed, they needed something more. Not from this world, but from yonder world. <laughs> that brings, amen. They needed heaven's wind. So that brings me to my fourth point. Not only the strange instructions, but the Spirit's inspiration. Look at verse number nine. Then said he unto me, he said, prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind. Thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came. Oh, yes, just keep a following, keep obeying, and you'll see, amen, that the breath will come. Oh my soul, I, 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 come, the breath came into them and they lived and stood upon their feet an exceeding great army. What do you say? Go prophesy under the wind. By the way, did you know, uh, did you know that uh, the word breath here and the word wind here are the same Hebrew word ruach? In fact, that same Hebrew word ruach is translated in verse 1 as spirit of the Lord. Amen. So what I'm seeing is this, 
hey, they may have got together. They may have seemed to have an outward move. There may have seemed to be a coming together. And Israel did come back, and they are back in their land right now as a nation. But there's no Holy Ghost uh, uh, permeating the nation anymore, uh, my friends. So they're just like a bunch of living dead men in this hour. But there is coming a day when, amen, a nation will be born in a day. There is coming a day when the Holy Ghost will move on them and they'll be converted. But listen, my friend, when I look at all of this, I see, oh, my soul, how necessary was it for the wind of heaven to blow. We could call our message, Come, oh breath. Come, oh breath. We're out of business without you. There'll be no life without you. There'll be no revival without you. There'll be no victory without you. Come, oh breath. And until God's people get hungry for the power of God and crave it in our soul, Come, oh breath. Come, oh breath. Breath. Come, old breath. And so, by the way, if you want to, I just, I was looking this up a while ago at the camper. I was looking at Strong's. In verse 9, the word wind two times and even winds three times, every one of them is the same word. And the word breathe, not, not, the, not breath, but breathe. That word's the same word. And down in verse 10, the word, the breath came. That's the same word. Breath is rock. 292 times it is translated spirit. Amen. Wind, it is translated 92 times. And breath, 27 times. But most of the time, it is translated spirit. So here's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a bunch of dead bones come together. And that's amazing what preaching. And God's a stirring and God was a working. But there was no life. There was no breath until the breath came from another world. And we may have got to the place where we're getting together. And we may be making a racket and there may be a sound, oh my soul, but what we're needing is for the breath of heaven. Come, oh breath, and breathe upon us. There used to be a song in one of our hymnals, breathe on me, breathe on me. We need the breath of God. We need the breath of God to preach. We need the breath of God to sing. We need the breath of God to pray. We need the breath of God to witness. We gotta have the breath of heaven uh, if we ever have a life-changing uh, revival. Oh, come, oh breath, come, oh breath. Let it be the cry of our heart. Let it be the desire of our soul. Let's have the breath of heaven, uh, the fresh breath of heaven. If you, woo, and if he ever breathes on you, uh, hey, hey, there's nothing else like it. Uh, when he breathes, uh, you get in a different gear. Uh, when he breathes, uh, hallelujah, things begin to work and life begins to be demonstrated. Say amen right Now, here is the work of heaven's wind. All right, when he came, Bible said, so I prophesied, I commanded, as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and 
they lived. So the Spirit's breath enlivened them. That's the work of revival. That's what revival is, reviving, remaking alive. Amen. Restoring of life to something that at one time it had been. At one time it had life. This was not the creation of life from nothing. This was a restoration of life to something that it had been long dead. Uh There had been life in the nation. They had the power of God. They had the grace of God. They had the word of God. They had the blessings of God. But they lost it and they turned to the world and turned to idolatry and turned away from God. And God's judgment and God's wrath dispersed them and my friend brought them down to such an estate that they were like bones scattered and they were in their graves in Babylon, in Assyria and my friend north, south, east and west they were scattered everywhere and no nation of Israel my friend that's where they went but here when the breath (laughs) come old breath I can see old Ezekiel come old breath and I I can't prove this but he who did he say to prophesy to well the English translation said prophesy to the wind and it's the same word prophesied of the wind and I don't know but I kind of feel like my friend he not only heard a shaking a noise and them coming together but I believe when he got done a prophesied and, and by the way Charles has some virgin uh, seems to think this prophesying here is actually his praying and seeking God to come on the scene well I can't argue with that but just say this my friend he's a prophesied and he not only heard the shaking and the coming together and got to see the evidence, my friend, of those bodies covered up uh, with flesh and blood now. Oh, but there's no lie. But I believe all of a sudden, hey, 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 he hears a... The sound of a mighty Russian wind... Hey, 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 I know that happened at Pentecost, but my brother and my sister, we're needing that same wind in this desperate hour in which we live. And I believe, though it's humanly impossible, it's beyond my preaching, it's beyond my reach, it's beyond my praying, but it's not beyond what God can do. God's Holy Ghost is still moving, blessing, stirring, Open. Hallelujah. Amen. The Spirit's breath enlivened them. But not only did the Spirit's breath enliven them, the Spirit's breath established them. Look what it says. And they stood up. Oh, yeah. They stood up upon their feet. Those bones are scattered everywhere. They're put back together. They've got together. And my friend, they're laying there dead. But now, as the the wind comes and the Holy Ghost, amen, (laughs) and they get up. Did you know it's hard to get Baptists up? 
Amen. They stood up. That suggests they had strength. They had life. My friend, they were able to support themselves. So the the Spirit not only enlivened them, but he established them. He got them on their feet. Whoa, could it be that there are the sound in the distance of, of a wind that's blowing through our land here and there and he's stirring God's people here and there and putting a hunger in the heart for the Holy Ghost here and there. Could it be he's raising my friend a standard against the enemy that's coming in like a flood. That brings me to the other thought here. The Spirit's breath enlivened them. The Spirit's breath established them. But number three, the Spirit's breath enlisted them. Oh yeah, the Bible said they stood up an exceeding great population. I didn't read that right. Did y'all see? Do y'all looking at it? An exceeding great what army. Hey, hey. I'm telling you what, when there is a Holy Ghost revival, uh-huh, I'm telling you, God will enlist you in the battle for the Lord and right. These bones, my friend, were not revived to become a group of spectators. Oh, no, or to live for their own comfort. They became an army, an exceeding great army, and the army has a captain, and the Holy Ghost knows where to send them and they live to act under the orders of the one that gave them they're an exceeding great army I don't know but I, my heart's desire is some of the moves of God that we're hearing about here and yonder that'll increase and some of these dead Baptists my friend will get shook up and get back together amen and have the breath of heaven on us and see God raise up men and women, boys and girls uh, that'll fight the fight and stand for God and have old time Holy Ghost revival that will turn the course of this nation. Could you say amen right there? That was pretty weak. Uh, You don't expect much more until the Holy Ghost breath comes. Oh my soul... Charles Spurgeon, I have a quote here from him. He said this, Decayed churches can most certainly be revived by the preaching of the word accompanied by the coming of the heavenly breath from the four winds. Oh Lord, send us such revivals now for many of thy churches need them end of quote word for word Charles Spurgeon in the days of that great metropolitan pulpit my friend when there were thousands that came to hear Spurgeon preach sermons that are still studied and amazed at to this day 
yet that dear man of God recognized a spiritual declension going on in many a church of Ifred in that hour. And if, that, if they were in need of revival at that hour, wouldn't you say we're in a greater need in this hour? I'm just saying, oh, oh, come, come, oh breath. Come, oh breath. We're out of business without you. We gotta have you. You don't have to have us. We gotta have you. We're nothing but a bunch of old dry bones. We gotta have you, God. We gotta have you. Come, oh breath. Amen. Oh, I wanna ask you, are you hungry? Wouldn't you like to see God do it? Wouldn't you like to see, amen? I can't tell you everything that's going on that we hear about by a friend is of the Holy Ghost, but there's so much going on that I believe is some of it's of the Holy Ghost. The devil might try to hijack some of it, but I'm telling you what, there's a move of God. There's a hunger for God that's in our land. You know what that may be? That just may be that sound and that shaking. I'm, hey, hey, I'm for the sound. I'm for the shaking, but I'm looking for the spirit. I'm looking for the breath of heaven. Come, oh breath. Come, oh breath. Age your family is going to come and sing. Let's stand to our feet all over the house. That was a message that was on my heart. I've been preaching to get to this point. Oh, y'all have heard me the last two nights. I wasn't exactly counting me preaching. Wasn't the kind I enjoy. My friend plowing some of it uphill and fighting my friend and struggling to get out what God had put on my heart but we were going somewhere because I wanted to create in you the, the to recognize what a mess we're in. We're like those dead, dry, uh, scattered bones and we are in a hopeless, hopeless, hopeless situation. But oh my soul, I just wanted to remind you of the possibility of revival in these impossible times. Would you agree that the enemy has come in like a flood? There's a promise connected with that. Isaiah 59, 19. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. I'll just say, come on breath. 